Good morning. This is Trained by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth. And this is such an interesting passage that we get to cover today. Um, it's in Joshua 10. Now, Joshua and the Israelites are basically conquering the land of Canaan so that it beca- can become the land of Israel by God's command. And they end up making peace with a group that kind of Joshua learns a lesson about praying before he does things because the Gibeonites fool him and he promises to to befriend them and even help them. So we see this peaceful alliance and then Joshua realizes that they're in the middle of the land of Canaan, that they've tricked him. And we'll get back to that story at some other time. But because of that, apparently Gibeon, Gibeon was hill hill country. Um, it was north of Jerusalem. And this caused a reaction among the other regions. So in Joshua... 10.1, we see that as soon as Adoni Zedek, king of Jerusalem, interestingly, years ago, years before that, Abraham had run into somebody named Melchizedek, king of Jerusalem. Well, this guy's not the same guy, and he's an Amorite, um, which is a very different group of people. So, There'd been some passing down or, I don't know, there'd been some change there that God speaks about before sending the Israelites to Egypt. Um, And then they were enslaved there, which God had told, foretold was going to happen. But there was something that changed about the region and the people in the region. And this was true for this particular city. And this particular king, he's no no longer called king, he's called lord or master rather than king. He knows he's not Melchizedek, who has no beginning and, and no end. Melchizedek is kind of an interesting figure and uh, still a mystery from his description, both in the, in the Old and the New Testaments. But anyway, but something's changed here in Jerusalem, and this guy... Um, heard how Joshua had captured Ai and had devoted it to destruction, doing to Ai and its king as he had done to Jericho and its king, and how the inhabitants of Gibeon had made peace with Israel and were among them. He feared greatly because Gibeon was a great city, like one of the royal cities. And because it was greater than Ai, and all its men were warriors, so Gibeon had had paid attention to what was going on. They knew there was something behind these Israelites was greater than they were. They had made peace with Israel. And here the king of Jerusalem is going, uh-oh. So he decides instead of instead of seeking any guidance here, he decides to make his own alliance. So in verse 3, so 
Adonizedic king of Jerusalem sent to Hoham, king of Hebron. Now, back to the name thing. Hoham means woe to them. Hebron means friend or colleague. So this city is kind of a friend or colleague city, but Hoham means woe to them. Um, and then to Pyram, king of Jarmuth. Pyram means like a, like a wild donkey. And Jarmuth means seeing or thrown down. So these 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 guys by name have very different personalities. One is supposed to be righteous, one is supposed to be woe, one is supposed to be wild, like a wild donkey. Um Japhia is supposed to be enlightening and Lachish is supposed to be adhering or strongly uniting. And Debir is supposed to be an oracle town. And Eglon, which is a town that comes up later, means young bull or calf. So you've got these five kings who gathered their forces in verse 5 and went up with all their armies and encamped against Gibeon. <clears throat> so they decided Gibeon made peace with Israel and they were going to make war against Gibeon. And the men of Gibeon <clears throat> sent, a, sent to Joshua at the camp of Gilgal saying, Do not relax your hand from your servants. Come up to us quickly and save us and help us. For all the kings of the Amorites who dwell in the hill country are gathered against us. So Joshua went up from Gilgal, he and all the people of war with him, and all the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, notice Joshua asks this time before he does anything with Gibeon. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man of them shall stand before you. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon, and chased them <clears throat> by the way of the scent of Beth Horon, and struck them as far as Azekah and Makeda. And as they fled before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the sword. So here we see those hailstones from the book of Job, that store of hailstones for war, used. God uses them here. And so these people are fleeing. They've got five armies fleeing through these mountain passes. It seems like they're going up and down the ascent and, and uh, going down the ascent of Beth Horon. And... This battle is just going, and and Joshua started at the very beginning of the day. They march all night. <laughs> the The other kings think they're in a totally different location from everything they've heard. They don't pay attention at night, and Joshua comes upon them first thing in the morning. They they go. They're they're scattered. They're confused. They start running. They go up and down in these these hill passes. And 
at that time, Joshua spoke this incredible little song. He spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the sons of Israel, and he said, In the sight of Israel, sun, stand still at Gibeon. Now, Gibeon's on this mountain, so the sun's over the mountain. And moon, so it must have been evening time, because you can see the sun and the moon, in the valley of Ajalon. Now, Ajalon is a place of oaks and deer. It's this, this is a strong area. And if they'd lost them in there, they would have escaped. And, and the sun stood still, and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemies. Now, we don't know what kind of universal physics that would have taken. But here, time is suspended, essentially, while Joshua and the Israelites finish this battle before these kings can escape. And it says, is this not written in the book of Jashar? Now, we don't have a book of Jashar. There are books of Jashar publicized out there, all of which have been found to be forgeries of much later time, built around various stories. Um, but... The sun stopped in the midst of heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded the voice of a man, for the Lord fought for Israel. So Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. So he fights these five kings finishes this fight, takes two days, essentially, but it's all one day. They have the sun and the moon staying in their spot. Time stops while they, they finish this. These five kings fled and hid themselves in the cave at Makeda, and it was told to Joshua the five kings had been found, hidden in the cave at Makeda. And it, Joshua said, Roll large stones against the mouth of the cave and set men by it to guard them. But do not stay there yourselves. Pursue your enemies. Attack their rear guard. Do not let them enter their cities. For the Lord your God has given them into your hand. When Joshua and the sons of Israel had finished striking them with a great blow until they were wiped out, and when the remnant that remained of them had entered into the fortified cities, then all the people returned safe to Joshua in the camp at Makeda. Not a man moved his tongue against any of the people of Israel. And we'll come back to what he does with these kings at some other point. We're going through this history. But essentially what he was saying, what was said in verse 15, So Joshua returned, and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal, is that at the end of this battle, when they go and count Israelites, there's not an Israelite lost in this battle which is amazing. They're going against five armies, five kings. They don't leave a whole lot of fighting men left. The five, five kings are trapped in a cave. It's a devastating day for these five kingdoms. They decided, instead of inquiring, they had 
Adoni Zedek had a history of some type of relationship with God. Back in the time of Melchizedek, Jerusalem had this relationship. It no longer had that relationship. And that comes up later. Um, and Jerusalem later becomes the capital of the, of the kingdom of Israel under David. But here, this, these are these five kings of the Amorites who decide that there can't even be an alliance. They're going to come against Gibeon because they're aligned with Israel. And God allows this fantastic occurrence um, of the sun standing still and the moon and time stopping for Joshua to finish this battle with light. Um, it's an amazing story. There are some stories about different things that people have had to try to work out with. Wait, this is supposed to be this time per what um, is going on as far as setting time. And I'm not close enough to the person who was doing that to know whether those stories are real or not that they had to calculate in this day that um, the whole thing stood still. Just an amazing story. An amazing little song in the middle. Let's pray. Father God, you will pursue our enemies relentlessly with your light. You will pursue our enemies relentlessly with your light. Help us to submit to you and allow you to do that in our lives. Help there not to be a dark corner left. <clears throat> Help there not to be a remnant left. Help they're not help all all things that are not subject to your kingship, your lordship, be surrendered in our lives this day. And Lord, may the battle in our hearts be yours forever from this day forward. This particular battle changed from Kronos. The chronology was broken here so that the light may shine through and the battle against these forces that came against the nation of Israel and their, and their allies might be won. Lord, we have dark battles occurring between nations today. Chase the enemies. May, may you receive the glory and the honor for those in those that stand for you um, in every endeavor against the enemy. And Lord, you tell us that there will be a time at the end of time when it will seem that your people are conquered but that that is when you will come. 
And so, Lord, we just thank you. Lord Jesus, you are named, actually, if we translate it, Joshua. Thank you for coming into our lives and redeeming us and chasing these things that priorly ruled in our hearts instead of you, making friends with us and coming to our rescue and redeeming us. Lord, we thank you for this powerful example of the defense of Gibeon. And it doesn't matter how powerful we are. The forces of darkness are greater than us alone. We need you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, to you be the honor and the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. Amen and amen. This is Train by Grace 2 with Catherine Elizabeth, and I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. And the next steps are, if you want to get in touch with me, um, shoot me an email at trainbygrace2 at gmail.com. If you want, um, if you need a prayer, if you want to join me on the podcast, that's possible. Even if you're not in the same area of the country, there's a way to do that. Or if you need a Bible or some other resource, please, please get in touch with me. Trainbygrace2 at gmail.com. Put in the subject line podcast or answer the question at the end of this podcast. And I'll try to get back with you as quickly as possible. God bless you. And remember, you are one of his excellencies.